childhood trauma and from the perspective of Islam. Tell me, what are your thoughts, Brother Speaking? Um, you know, I think that you would be able to kind of give us a perspective being, uh, being an emergency doctor. I'm sure you see all sorts of people who uh, have different issues uh, that are considered an emergency. So, uh, for example, you've told me that you know, there's a guy that ripped his earring in his ear and now he needs an emergency. There is another guy that broke his hand. There's another guy that's bleeding. There's, so it could be a variety of different things. But how often uh, is it that somebody uh, is emotionally also hurt? Um, and uh, would you say, obviously I probably think that they don't come to an ER as often, but from a physician's perspective, do you believe that we've given enough importance to our physical uh, existence just as much as we've given to our metaphysical existence, meaning our emotional well-being as well? Well, uh, that's a hard question, but I think I can best answer it by giving you my observations. What happens regularly in the, in the emergency room, and, and that is, you know, people come in with trauma of various types, of various ages. And if you think about it, the ER is the place where people are coming in and they're having the worst day of their life, one way or the other. And my job then is to make it a little bit better, maybe make them feel better, make them reassure, relieve their anxiety, so on and so forth. When we talk about childhood trauma um, in the context of the ER, if it's ending up in the ER because of a traumatic issue, it's a bad, bad thing. So. For me, the worst things in many ways is, is um, near-death experiences or even the death and that of a child and that the parent having to deal with that. But there's often things that have to do with motor vehicle accidents where they've been traumatized or I've seen a loved one pass away. Those are the extremes. It really happens every day in every city. Um, but what would you say within the compounds of the home, within the family, yeah. what is the highest level of, or the cause of, of the highest levels of trauma? Is it uh, you know, child abuse? Is it marital kind of issues? Is it uh, you know, uh, domestic violence? What, what do you normally... I, mean? I think domestic violence is a big part of it. Domestic violence tends to occur now. Uh, that, that causes a lot of childhood trauma. But you actually have um, more emotional damage going on. Domestic violence as in physical violence does occur, but not nearly as much as, as the ongoing verbal or ongoing mm -hmm. emotional damage that happens when there's a, a marital dispute or there's mental health issues. So can you quickly family. tell us how that affects a child or and, and both individuals involved in the marriage? You know, the child has, you, you can tell which kids have that, right? Uh, as they grow up, they'll tend to have avoidance, they'll have relationship 
issues, not only the parents, but, but with their friends and stuff. What ends up happening often in these cases is that there's a tendency to seek out those who love you. And if it's not going to be in your home, it will be someone outside your home who gives you that attention, who gives you that sense of comfort that you seek at home. When that happens, you have, as a parent, has no control of where they go and what kind of people do it. And sometimes there's plenty of people who will take advantage of that and, and use that as a manipulative way mm -hmm. uh, to make them feel that they're loved. Mm -hmm. and, then, and then so that happens. It could be pedophiles, it could be all sorts of individuals. We see a lot, at least in Houston, we see a lot of uh, sex trafficking. Yeah. Um, and it's not exclusive to Houston, it's everywhere. Yeah. Uh, we see the um, introduction into prostitution, uh, there's drugs, there's all, all of this stuff happens and you know it's very easy to blame the kid or the young person, adult who's going into it but just like anyone else they're seeking comfort and, mm -hmm. and, and freedom from the pain that they constantly mm -hmm. seek. So what, what, which age do you think is the peak of us really feeling the results of childhood trauma? Is it teenage years? Is it 20s, is it 30s, is it 50s, is it something ongoing for you know, your entire life? Uh, you, know, you know, that is a really tough one, and I probably couldn't tell you that. I'm not, not uh, truly qualified to answer that mm -hmm. question. One of the hardest things to do as a, as a doctor is to say, mm, I don't know. Yeah. And, and sometimes you just have to... No, it's understandable. That. Yeah. It's understandable. Well, I, I want to say this at the beginning of while uh, building the introduction for our discussion is the month of Ramadan is a month in which we're meant to invite peace within our lives. That is why we find that, you know, we eat less, so we don't give so much importance to our physical existence. Because we're eating five times a day, every day, throughout the whole year. This month, we say, wait, take a little break, slow down. Don't give so much importance to your body, focus on your mind and your spirituality, right? Five times a day. Well, some people eat more than five, but... <laughs> but I mean, you know, for seconds, three, three, yes. three times to five <laughs> times, I think it's, it's fair to say some people yeah. have. Um, now, when it comes to the month of Ramadan, we are looking to create a more spiritual, peaceful environment for ourselves, whether it's you know, eating less, thinking more, reading more, the Qur'an, spirituality, du'a, seeking nearness to Allah, and even our family gatherings have a flavor of spirituality, right? Um, now, with that said, when I look at a lot of children who are hurt, a lot, a lot of adults who are in pain, a lot of marriages breaking up due to childhood trauma, I wonder if this is something that can be ignored within the month of Ramadan because if it's part, well, the month of Ramadan is part of creating a peaceful home with tranquility for the entire year. And discussing this topic is one of the most crucial things within the month of Ramadan. I believe that talking about divorce, talking about you know the trauma from divorce—that's something that needs to be talked about. Or poverty. You know, some people come. Their childhood could be that they came from extreme poverty. And by extreme poverty, I don't mean like 
oh, we have to just buy two pairs of shoes for the whole year. That's not extreme poverty. That means you didn't have shoes yeah. when you were no, used to, you know, having traveled back and forth to Pakistan. I mean, what you see over Iraq, what you see as poverty there, and you come back and you're like, this is poverty. You know, poverty is uh, sort of the, you're not being able to afford anything other than basic cable, you know. Not so, even, yeah, here in America. In America. Yes. Yeah. But, but I remember a few years ago, uh, just prior to the month of Ramadan, uh, actually some members from the Houston community, other communities had given a good amount of donations to our charitable project known as the Development and Relief Foundation. And we were in the making process, so we were trying to find people who were in need of sponsorship. And I kid you not, I mean, I have the videos, I think they're still available on YouTube, and I was thinking of actually putting them on once more. I went into this home, and it's not even a home, it's a room smaller than this room. It didn't have a roof, it didn't have a door. It was, uh, the roof was uh, just uh, blankets, not blankets, uh, 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 plastic, okay? The actual door was a blanket. There was no bathroom, no electricity, no lights, no water, nothing in there. So we went there and we made an announcement that, look, if you have orphans or if you need a sponsorship, come out and, and you know, we'll interview you and what have you. And I have this all on video. We went on mm -hmm. with a crew. Out of this little room came out six kids. Mm -hmm. Eldest one was six. Mm -hmm. Youngest one was an infant. None of them were wearing shoes. None of them had food. Many of them, you can feel the malnutrition. Uh, they were sick, it was cold, they were, you know, you can tell they needed. Now, does that not come with trauma? Yeah. That child, even if one day he grows up and becomes a physician, an engineer, an attorney, and lives in a beautiful home and has a, that child will live with trauma. So, yeah, you know, I, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take an exception to that, to one degree. And that is, it's not that, Poverty that necessarily causes the trauma or being in that situation. It's it's the nutritional deficiency and the food lack of etc. But but humans are designed to acclimate and be comfortable in whatever surrounding they have loved ones. Okay. So if if uh, if all else is equal, being in a small place where I think many people will speak fondly of the time when we were all in one room and we had to sleep together, we kind yeah. of you know, the, the, so, so it's not necessarily you know, itself. I tell you, it's the stuff that comes along with it. I agree to some extent. What you're speaking is, again, an American definition of poverty. But this kid, believe me, that is why we have hadiths that if you make a barbecue at home, or if you have a good meal... There's a hadith about barbecue? Yes. No. You know that uh, it's actually one of the most interesting stories, the Prophet Yusuf. This is what happens when you do a podcast right before <laughs> eating and you kind of go all over the place. So this this story, now that you've asked me, I think it's somewhat relevant. Um, the Prophet Yusuf, yeah. how they took him, they threw him in the well, he became a slave, he became, I mean, all that, mm -hmm. his life. Mm -hmm. What we don't know is what happened a few days prior to his brothers kind of deciding we're going to take our brother and throw him away. They say that Jacob had a very big home, beautiful home, many children, many offsprings, very large family, and at nights they would barbecue. You know, 
it wasn't that people had ovens and whatever. So the family would get together, they'd bring some chicken or meat, and they would barbecue. One day, a family came knocking at their door. And one of the brothers opened the door. He said, this is the house of the messenger of God. And I smell this food every night. See, that's what happens when you barbecue. What, what happens to me and my children? <laughs> what happens to me and my children? And this young man, who was one of the brothers, says to him, we'll give you, but just come back when we're, you know, we've kind of ate. Said, but that's not, that's not good enough for me. You're going to eat the fresh food right off the barbecue grill, and you're going to give me what's left over. So he says, well, it is what it is. This guy leaves. The angel Jibra'il comes to Ya'qub. This is what I'm, this is, this is very important. Probably by design, Allah brought us to this discussion. It wasn't part of my discussion. Allah says, Ya'qub, you and your family should prepare for one of my greatest tests. And that's when they take Ya'qub. Yusuf and, they, and the whole family goes through years mm. of tribulation. Mm. Now, why? Why? It's because Allah is just, Allah is fair. Do not create that trauma in a child because they don't have the ability. You know, we have to be careful as well when we, you know, with social media, yeah. we, we have to be careful of how we show, to, show up to our local masjids and Islamic centers on Eid. You know, Okay, let's say you hypothetically, you have a very beautiful, expensive vehicle, and it's worth half a million bucks. And you also have uh, a Toyota, or, or, or an average vehicle, right? I urge you to please use the average vehicle when you go to community centers. Don't use your expensive vehicles, because a community center belongs to all. It doesn't just belong to the rich. Yeah. So, and there's a, now the adults will understand, but if there's a child, he's 12 years old, his dad's driving a Corolla. You're driving a $200,000 vehicle, right? It could cause some sort of insecurities for this child. So again, uh, not as close to the topic, but, but something that, oh, the month of Ramadan is the month of awareness. It's the month of becoming human beings. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna ask you a little bit about the trauma aspect from a Western perspective, or rather the immigrant Western perspective. When I was when I was in school, I had you know you had to fast during during school day. You come back and uh, you know you, you go during lunchtime and you get taunted at certain age groups. Mm -hmm. Why you know they said come sit with us you know so you find all right you know I'm fasting mm -hmm. and still sit to the mm -hmm. and say you know hey uh, what are you eating nothing honey you know <laughs> um, so there is a certain amount of of inherent uh, ongoing psychological impact that happens with practicing your way of life if it's different in mm -hmm. significant aspect from the prevalent way of life. Mm -hmm. So that was one sort of a, a silly example, but it was, it was real, but now you take it another way. Okay. So, so other aspects of it include uh, having to go to school and to explain that, listen, as a child, I need to go to the bathroom and, well, I don't have a water source. All they have is mm -hmm. paper towels. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So now that means you're gonna hold as much as you can, mm -hmm. avoid going there because you're gonna run into uncomfortable situations. Mm -hmm. And we, that is not to be understated in some ways that yeah. has causes. What else? Well, uh, what about uh, food where you, 
Your name, right? Your name. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the name that you carry, the, the food that the the availability of meat or not. Job. Yeah. A parent that uh, comes in that has an accent or, or, kids, or a... Yes. Or, uh, yeah. You know, kids going to uh, like McDonald's after school. Yeah. You know, some kids, uh, it's McDonald's, Burger King, whatever, you know, they're hanging out after a game. And everybody, obviously, nobody's going to eat a fish fillet, man. You know how it works. Nobody wants to go for the McDonald's fish fillet. Now, everybody is ordering the Big Mac. You're the only one ordering the fish fillet. That, we, we look at it, and, and now we're older, we have self-confidence, we're, and we're telling ourselves, what's the big deal? But for that child, especially if they have some self-confidence struggles, wearing the hijab, mm-hmm. having Muslim names, uh, not being able to eat whatever everybody else is eating in the cafeteria, not being able to attend the school dances, not, you know, yes. uh, it could be it could be that there is a show, for example, The Bachelor. Okay, that's not an appropriate show for 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 youngsters to watch, right? Who would you say it's appropriate for? Nobody. Okay. Then. But but I'm saying, you know, you end up going to school and everybody's like, oh, did you see what happened yesterday? Did you? And this kid, genuinely, not that he wants to watch or she wants to watch, but they do feel left out. So that does cause a little bit of trouble. So from what I understand... But all these are older. Now we're talking about a little bit older age. Yes. These get affected. Yeah. So 10 but, but Okay, so let's let's divide our discussion into two, at least two seconds. If, if you want to add, let's make it more. What is uncontrolled trauma? Yeah. Something you don't have control of. Okay, let's talk about that. Okay. And not being the product of that. Not saying, well, I was the product of this. And I'll, I'll get to you because I'll get to this because I hear this a lot from people. I don't have control over my life. It, I didn't choose this life. I, and then trauma that we have some sort of control over. The situations now that we live in. Let's come to the first one. Has the Quran discussed trauma that you know we don't have control over? Absolutely. This is why in the month of Ramadan, outside the month of Ramadan, we should come to every single possible theme and ask the Quran. This book that is alive, this book that never dies, this book that gives us the best advice as a way of life, and say, I have jealous family members. Does the Quran address this? Mm-hmm. Boom, it's right there. I have I'm a, you know, I come from a single parent family. Does the Quran address this? It's right there. I have, you know, issues, serious issues within my, my marriage of betrayal and so on and so forth. Does the Quran address it? It's right there. One of childhood traumas that you don't have control over as a child was addressed in the Quran. The trauma that it has on the child and on the mother. The story of the Prophet Musa. This guy's an infant. He was just born. Allah inspires this woman. We inspire the mother that do what? Take this baby, put him in a basket, put the basket in the aloe. Now, can you imagine the trauma that this is a sort of puzzle that a mother has to go through? Not knowing, okay, did I just destroy my, my own child that I buried in my stomach for nine months? And this child. What's going to happen to him? He shows up at you know Pharaoh's palace. He grows up there. He knows they're not his real parents. He never had real parents, you know. Uh, so Allah discusses this in the Holy Quran. Now, as a child growing up, trauma of 
facing trouble in the family? Yusuf. You know, that's the most beautiful story. Yusuf was very young when his brothers took him and they threw him in the well and he ended up as a slave. They sold him as a slave. So if I may ask you, how does these um, episodes give us a take-home message in managing today's childhood trauma? Very good. So a lot of people come to me and they email me or they WhatsApp me or text me or I meet them all sorts of ways. And, and I believe that childhood trauma is one of, if I were to make a list of top 10 things that people talk to me about, one of them is childhood trauma. Mm. Uh, I want to say this part that you don't have control over, or your parents were poor. They didn't deliberately let you live in poverty, okay? You were refugees. They actually went through a lot of pain and difficulty to get you where you were, but now that you were there, you were poor, you were struggling. So things you didn't have control over, how should they resonate with you? Honestly, I feel that people should not let themselves become the, the product of their circumstances. Find a way to, to move on. Find a way to uh, reconcile, to live with your past, and accept the fact that it was a difficult moment, it was a test, it was a tribulation, it wasn't pleasant, it wasn't milk and honey, whatever it was. But don't live your whole life thinking, and I'll give you an example. I can't get into medical school. I can't become a lawyer. I can't become a CEO. Why? Because I grew up in poverty. I didn't go to a good public school. I didn't go to a private school. I didn't have tutors. I didn't have this. So I didn't you're have setting that. yourself up for failure. So you, you're not, but your mind is manipulating you in a sense that it's telling you, look, this is where you are. You're going to end up being a manager at, at, at Walmart at best. And that guy, yes, he's going to be your doctor. He's going to be your attorney. He's going to be your CEO. And your mind kind of lets you, uh, lets you uh, accept the situation. Why? Because that kid went to a good private school. He had educated parents. He didn't have to, you know, at night uh, worry about dinner. His dinner was also there for him and all that. So now, with that, you say, okay, fine, I'll struggle. Maybe my kids can. Don't put yourself in that position. That's the first thing that I want to kind of address. I, I, think, I think at the same time, uh, there needs to be a recognition that a lot of what happens with childhood trauma actually changes the structure of the brain along the way. And, and for someone to encourage, and you know, that's, that's necessary. But let's face it, in those circumstances, you need to get the counseling that allows you to reform you know, how you should think, how you can do it. Absolutely. So, so getting appropriate help uh, is part of That's what exactly you do. Yes. And, and, and the reason I bring this up is because mental health issues, whether it's PTSD, depression, schizophrenic, etc., are such a taboo in, in so many of our cultures that, that so many more can be helped and then lead fruitful lives if people would support their need to get the help. Very good. So what I, that's exactly what I wanted to say. In order for us to reconcile with the past, it's we need professional help. Mm -hmm. And there's nothing wrong. For you to understand that you have had not an easy past compared to others, 
how do I understand it? How do I reconcile with it? How do I, you know, why was I unlucky enough for my parents to go through a divorce? You know there's nearly one million divorces every year in America? 900,000, 970,000. Nearly one million families are split in America. You think this goes without trauma for their children or for their... So now, let's say from 2000 to 2022, you have a 22 year old that went through that, but you also have 22 million families that are split. You have 44 million people who are suffering from divorce trauma, right? Anyways, I don't wanna, we may talk about that some other night, but, but to, come to, to come back to what you said, I agree. We need professional help. Jawad Azwini is not gonna be able to give you professional help. He can listen. He can give you some Islamic perspective. He can tell you how to eliminate childhood trauma for your children, to how to be a good parent, how to correct some of your mistakes to the best of his abilities. And by Jawad Azwini, I don't just mean me, I mean a religious, Let's try that again. Yeah, I mean a, a religious uh, figure, right? But you need to go to a professional. I mean, this guy, this person, this young man, this young woman has gone through proper schooling, education, case by case, and now they can help you. Now, another thing is, I feel that our community don't trust. Okay, I'll tell you what I mean. They may, they may trust you as a psychologist or a psychiatrist, mm. but they're afraid that you may go and share their stories. Exactly. And, 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 and we both know what that is, unfortunately. Yeah. You, you know, I'll tell you, I think that's, that it may be more of an issue um, outside uh, the Western areas where there are laws that are very prohibitive against that kind of behavior and people taking off for that, perhaps. Um, we have about a minute or so left. Um, I want to mention one more thing, and, and, and I want to hear your take on this. Childhood trauma, do you think it plays a role with believing and practicing religion? Absolutely. Absolutely. I believe a lot of kids that come to me, and you tell me your take, a lot of kids that come to me, and my kid, I don't mean like five-year-olds, no, I mean 20, mm. 16 to 30, 35 years old. They come to me and say, the young, young men and women, I don't believe in God, or I don't like Islam, or I, I don't recognize myself as a Muslim. In fact, Pew did a research about this, and they came up with 27%. 27% of American-born Muslims, by the time they become teenagers, they do not identify themselves as Muslims. Now, we're sitting there still talking about the most irrelevant things, and 27% of our population is leaving their religion Islam. When I get into a discussion with them, what I can kind of find is that the parents were the authority in their lives and they abused their authority. I mean like the house was a boot camp, uh, a lot of abuse, okay, whether it's verbal abuse, whether it's physical abuse, whatever it was, just a lot of mistakes, right? Now God is also an authority because they feel Mm. That this authority has been so but you know. detrimental in my life. Why would I want another authority? And most probably, every time the parents abuse them, they use God. Yeah. Even in non-religious families, it's very, very, very uh, funny. There is a comedian that says, "My grandma used to take me as a child to the casino." 
and say before you you know you 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 basically uh, pull the whatever it's called yeah. the the slot machine you have to do a salawat. So he said, I was as a child I was telling her, listen, this is wrong. I mean, God doesn't want us to be here. And he said, when I would do it and I wouldn't say salawat, you'd be so upset. It's like this is why we lost, right? So uh, jokes aside, uh, do you think that you know a lot of our unfortunate, you know, Islam, Muslim atheist movement, anti-Islam movement, not identity, does that have to do with childhood trauma? I don't know. And to be honest, I don't know. But you know, that is worth discussing as to how parents deal with these questions that come up. What, what traditionally would be done. For example, if your child came up and said, I want a tattoo. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and if you're from a very traditional family, you absolutely mm-hmm. have one reaction. Whereas as a parent who needs to keep in, uh, you know your child in a way that healthy and non-traumatic, mm-hmm. you might have a very discussion. So some of these perhaps need to be brought up more. So in the interest of time though, uh, we're past a couple minutes, and uh, I want to really say thank you to everyone for uh, bearing with us with our technical difficulties, which, which you know, which is a perennial thing. I think if everything was perfect tomorrow, it would be shocking. So <laughs> let's just let's just uh, hope for the best here. Uh, I want to uh, give a quick shout out to our helpers, Ali and. Right, so there you are. Thank you very much for helping us uh, control that part of it. And um, inshallah, we'll plan to be back uh, tomorrow with a similarly interesting topic, which we expect to post shortly. Yes, absolutely. So now it's time to talk about uh, food. Food. Yeah, I thought so. Um, <clears throat> what do you crave today? Chinese food. Chinese food. Sushi. Sushi. Oh, really? Sushi. It's pretty close. Oh, that's pretty good, yeah. Well, thank you very much, guys. Uh, it's been an absolute pleasure to be here. Say thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you.